Austin, Texas. Hey, I am so excited to talk to you people from Austin or you people that will be in Austin soon. Uh, on August 8th, that is 8, 8, Tuesday at 8 p.m. See how many eights we can get in there. We are having a big event at the Paramount Theater. It's a beautiful historical theater in Austin. And having grown up here, it's really great and meaningful to me to be able to present this event there at the Paramount on August 8th at eight o'clock. The event is called Healing Forward, and it is me and five of my friends who are all authors and leaders in the self-development world. We will get together and share conversations on personal growth, mindful habit change, and just the turning points in our lives that were really important and really meaningful and useful. Sarah Kubrick's gonna be there. She's the millennial therapist on Instagram. Mikhail C. Clark, myself, Jillian Terechki, who's an amazing author and the host of the Jillian on Love podcast, Chris Williamson, who is the mighty host of the Modern Wisdom podcast, and then the incredible author, Billy Chapata. So make sure and get your tickets ASAP before this show sells out. I'm going to put the link in the show notes where you can grab tickets. Do it, and I will see you there. Well, uh, Nejwa, it's great to to be here with you, and I'm happy to connect. And I've I've been familiar with your work sort of just tangentially for probably I don't know, like a year or something like that. Just seeing you knocking around the social medias and uh, your book pop up here and there and stuff like that. Um, so, how did you become a person who was in front of a lot of people talking about this stuff? It always fascinates me. I became this person by doing what I needed to do for myself, which was to spend time reflecting on life and myself and making sense of who I am and where I stand in the world and what my place is in the world. Um, you know, I spent my entire life, I would say, trying to find home, uh, trying to find a place where I could just be myself and feel like I was loved and celebrated without being able to put words to that, you know, when you're growing up. You don't really have the words to say, but there was always an emptiness inside of feeling like I wasn't special and I wasn't unique and I wasn't worthy of being given the prioritization that everyone else around me was given. And so my entire life, I was searching for that. And once I realized that the power was inside of me, um, and I, I think I started writing way before I realized that I had that power inside of me. The writing started as a it started as a way to help my students feel welcomed. It started as a way to help my students feel like they have a voice, they have a seat at the table, they don't need to fight for you know, being seen as individuals who are worthy of everything good and everything that everyone else is getting. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I moved to Canada when I was 16. So I, I did go through a transition where my students, who I was just talking about, they had also gone through that transition of moving from a different country. And so when I started writing to heal them, I, I, would, I would have been 23. Um, so it was, you know, seven years after I arrived in Canada, I felt like I was healing them, but also healing my 16 year old self. So the writing began as an advocacy for them. And with time, I realized it was also an advocacy for myself because 
for the first time in my life, I gave myself permission to write down exactly what I thought and exactly what I felt. And I did it in a way that was very open. So I never sat down and said, today I'm going to write about this. It was more like this force that came from within that said, sit down and write about this. Write about the way that people treat you. Write about the way that you would like people to treat you. Write about feeling misplaced and feeling like you know, you're, you're not at the stage in your life that you need to be at. And so I started sitting down and writing all of that. And then your question about how did I get here? I think it was a combination of that plus sitting in front of my camera, my phone camera, not a professional one in my car or wherever I was just putting my phone up and saying what was on my mind the same way that I would write it out. It was a combination of those two things that I think created the unique voice that I have out there in the world right now. Um, and, and it all started with my own personal need to figure out who I am. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. I love that. And there's a lot of a lot of symmetries that I find with, you know, my own journey and also just other people who are in sort of the same position. You know, it's like that one moment that you talked about about recognizing that your inner life was yours. And that, mm -hmm. you know, when you're in you're a younger person generally and you're in kind of this ecosystem of, you know, life and you're getting sort of pushed around and you're just kind of reacting and you're dealing with tough things outside of you there's that moment where it hits you and you're like, Oh, hold on a second. Like all of this stuff may not be under control, but what's mm -hmm. inside of me that's under my control. And I have power yes. over that. And I can learn to actualize myself and to develop my consciousness and my intentionality and my, and my self-awareness and clarity and all of those things and compassion and emotions. Mm -hmm. And that's such an amazing moment. And then, um, moving on from there, you know, starting to kind of do that work for oneself. Of course, it, it generally, uh, there's this almost like a legacy of this happening where whenever someone starts to do that work for themselves, it just naturally begins to spill over for others because, you know, everyone needs that type of stuff. Everyone needs mm -hmm. to have that, that, you know, realization and that understanding about their own inner strength and capability and power. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. And then you know, also, I really resonate with you talking about as you were doing this work for other people, that it began teaching you, you know, it's the same thing. Along the way, I realized like, that, you know, as far as doing my podcasts and writing and all this stuff I've done over the years is like, everything I'm writing, it's just, you know, um, I think it was a, a Jungian, I think it was a Jungian thing that he talked about how, you know, our words are basically the, the, a, a way that we understand ourselves because it takes different elements of our subconscious, puts them together and then puts them in a form outside of ourselves so we can actually mm -hmm. see it and gain clarity on it. And yeah. I found that the more I just sort of passively from the witness mind point of view observed, like what kept arising, like what was coming out of me? What was I sharing with people? What was I talking about? What were the themes and the directions I was moving into? I was like, oh, yeah, this is all the stuff that I need to deal with. But it also happens to be serving other people along the way. Absolutely. I think what happens when you have that introspection and it stays inside, there's an element of isolation and loneliness because you feel like maybe I'm the only one who's feeling this way or maybe I'm the only one who's thinking this way. 
And then when someone puts it out there, put that puts their own introspection and their way of making sense of themselves and the world around them, and you read that and you say, oh, wow, I feel seen. That's one of the most common comments I get is, you know, thank you for putting onto paper what I've been feeling for so many years. And I just couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't have the right words to say it. And so there's something so powerful about the sense of community that you feel with others, but like with a whole group of people, but also the, the feeling of being seen for who you are truly for your innermost battles and conflicts and all the things that you wish someone would say, Hey, it's okay to think that way. It's okay to feel that way. There's something about that. That's so beautiful that truly only words can, you know, be the medium for that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, and that's and, and one of the things that I've discovered too, is that like, you know, we only can express like 1% of what's happening inside of us. Like the rest of us is completely unknowable to anyone else because mm -hmm. it's just so complex and rich and layered and vulnerable. And people assume, you know, because of a lot of the cultural sort of conditioning that we have, they assume that everyone else is doing great, you know, and they're the only ones struggling with the stuff that they can't communicate. And I think that whenever mm -hmm. someone can't put words to it, it becomes very difficult because it's these abstract concepts that are rooted in emotion that live inside them that are just sort of tearing and pushing and pulling. And so it's very hard for people to kind of categorize, understand them, label them, and to begin to work with them because they're fighting with them at the same time. And like, whenever you get a person that can actually frame these things in a way that says, hey, not only, okay, let me identify this so you can sort of get some context on it and understand mm -hmm. it but also like hey this is a human thing this isn't a you thing this is just yes. we all feel that stuff all the time and it's fine you know it's actually mm -hmm. it, it is you know if you are open about the fact that you feel that way it doesn't make you less than it actually makes you more powerful because you're able to help other people feel comfortable yes yes and i'm smiling because this is one of the things I struggled with the most is judging myself for what I was going through. Like, why am I feeling this way? Or why haven't I done what I know I need to do? And instead of me focusing on whatever it is that I'm feeling or thinking or going through and giving myself the compassion that I need or whatever it was that I needed, I judged myself for going through what I was going through in the first place. And I think that's what so many people do, just like you were saying. So that takes away from dealing with what needs to be dealt with and tending to what needs to be tended to, which is sit with yourself exactly as you are right now with the exact feeling, emotion, thought, situation, whatever it is, sit with it and truly be the friend for yourself that you would be for someone else be the guide for yourself that you would be for someone else and see how that's going to transform your life. Be the validation for yourself that you would be for someone else or that you're hoping to get from someone else. Validate what you're going through. It does you no good to, and I'm, I'm saying this to whoever's listening, but I also had to say it to myself and I still on some days I have to say it to myself too, is it does you no good to shame yourself or judge yourself 
for what you're going through. It's not going to take away the fact that you're going through it. You can listen to all the advice in the world that tells you, you know, being a cold hearted person or being someone who's not affected by anything is the best way to be. Well, that's not the best way to be for yourself. That's just a way where you are piling up all this pain somewhere and saying, I'll deal with you one day, just not right now. And you think that by being able to do that, that you're going to be happy and free, but you're not because you can't feel the good things if you don't feel the bad things. So what's best for yourself and what's in your best interest is to see yourself wholly as you are with the good and the bad and maybe not even labeling things as good and bad, but letting go of any expectation of how you should be and how you should be feeling and how you should be thinking and where you should be in your life and just be with where you are right now and who you are right now. It's just, it's, it, it transforms your life when you have that kind of perspective and work on it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that idea of like, you mentioned expectations. I think that's a huge thing that, you know, people, it's really helpful for people to confront, you know, it certainly was for me. It's like, not only just in how you feel, how you're moving through the world or what should happen. Um, but just even like how you feel like what your life should be overall, you know, people kind of feel like I, why am I, I didn't expect to have to be feeling and dealing with all this stuff, whatever. And just being able to, that's all that is. That's a narrative, you know, it's just this narrative in the mind where, you know, mm -hmm. human animals are very good at, at calculating what will happen next. And so, which is helpful whenever you're walking through the jungle as a, you know, 200,000 years ago and you see that you might be attacked or something, it's very useful brain mechanism then because you can get to safety, but it's not so helpful whenever you're sitting around dealing with the internet, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so letting go of expectations and getting deeply in touch with what is, you know, gets you mm -hmm. closer. It closes the gap between, you know, your imagination and reality and you can really mm -hmm. start to, to get somewhere. Um, yes. You also mentioned letting go. So you've got this new project that I think is really, really cool looking called Conversations on Letting Go. Um, how did that come about? So uh, Welcome Home, which came out in 2021. Um, we noticed that the audiobook actually performed so well, like it, more than 30% of the sales were in audio, which is really mm -hmm. high for audiobooks. And, you know, it confirmed something that I've always known since I started my work, which is people love listening to me. They like the way that I say things, they like my approach, maybe the softness in my voice. Um, so there's that plus I have always, always, always received so many messages and comments and emails asking me, how do I let go of this person? How do I let go of my job? How do I let go of the way that people think of me? Like anything that had to do with letting go always got so much interest from my audience and my community. And so I've always known that I wanted to do something special in that way where I'm, I'm very close to the people who read my work and love my work and buy my books. And so I proposed this idea uh, with my agents to my publisher saying, why don't we do something where it's just an audio book where I ask people who follow my work and 
love my work to ask their questions about letting go. And then we can go through them and pick the themes that, you know, we find are of most interest and put something together that's kind of a mix between a scripted book plus an unscripted book, kind of like a podcast, but it's a lot more um, structured where I know what I'm going to talk about, but I talk about it on the spot in the studio. And I said, you know, I, I can see it having activities and guidances and affirmations and meditations, like something that is just a holistic approach to letting go that is very close where the person who's listening to it feels like we're sitting in a room having tea or coffee and having a conversation, a heart to heart or a soul to soul about letting go. So they love the idea. And that's what we did. We, I put it out there on my platform saying, ask me your questions. I got, I think more than a thousand questions from people within a two week window and really deep questions. Like some of them were so long mm -hmm. and the themes that emerged were letting go of infidelity, letting go of toxic relationships, including family relationships um, and romantic relationships, friendships, work, all of that. Um, letting go of injustice, which for me is such a huge topic because it's not just about bigger injustices that happen in the world, but also, you know, something as simple as the injustice of somebody making a promise to you and breaking it. How do you let go of that? How do you deal with that? Um, and letting go of internal perceptions, which is what you and I were just talking about and external perceptions. So I put all of that together and just sat down. And for each one of those chapters or themes, I, just wrote an, a really powerful introduction that, in my view, would really shift a person's perspective from whatever it is that they are trying to let go of to whatever it is that they are trying to hold on to, which ultimately is yourself. So for me, letting go is not about that object or person or position or whatever it is that you are letting go of it's the focus needs to be on yourself and what's right for you and what is it that serves you and that's no longer serving you anymore and so I did that and then answered some of those questions there were narrators who read some of those questions um, like word for word the way they were asked and then I ended with an activity that a person can do something very practical to help with each one of those themes and meditations and affirmations. And honestly, it was the most vulnerable work I've put out there because I've never just sat in a studio for a book and just said whatever was on my mind. Mm -hmm. I've always had a script to go off of. Yes, that I wrote, but there's something about knowing when you're writing, like I'm going to read this in a studio um, that kind of keeps you filtered a little bit. But because it was planned out and structured, but there was so much room for me to just say whatever I wanted to say and be open and raw. Um, any person who listens to it will feel like they're just sitting and having a conversation with me. Because I, I felt like even as I was answering certain questions, like I was having a dialogue with the person listening where that person is asking a follow-up question. And so I'm answering again. So I felt like I just covered everything because I wanted it to be like, like I said, a holistic, safe, like therapy session where mm -hmm. 
you do feel that kind of power once you walk out of it. Like you really learned something. It changed something inside of you. And yeah, I'm really excited for it. It'll be out June 6th, I believe. I have it right here. Yes, June 6th. So for any person who is interested, you can find it on any platform that you normally buy audiobooks on. And I would love to hear everyone's feedback about it. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's such a cool concept. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure people are really going to love it. And it's a great way to interact with, you know, actual people instead of just assuming what people want to hear and writing about it, being able to say, hey, what do you actually want to hear? Tell me and I'll, I'll yeah. address it you know, head on. This podcast is sponsored by AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink AG1 every single day because, you know, I don't like having to have a lot of different supplements. I like taking supplements. I have experimented with them for over a decade and really found what the good ones are and what the not so good ones are. And the best thing about AG1 is that it combines kind of a bunch of different things you could be taking into one simple formula. So every time I take it and the reason I take it every day, I notice uh, better energy, better mental clarity, and a better ability to sustain my work throughout the day. So it's really great. Also, knock on wood, I never get sick. And I imagine the AG1 has something to do with that too. It's super easy. You just take one scoop, mix it with a little bit of water, you drink it, it tastes good, it tastes healthy. It takes 20 seconds and you're good to go. This stuff is blowing up. I see, I live in Austin, Texas, as you know, there's AG1 billboards. It's on the sides of buses. There's, you know, planes flying through the air with banners. It's everywhere and that's because it's great. So if you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs, which I love those. I use this anytime I go anywhere uh, with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com astral. That's drinkag1.com slash astral. Check it out. I'm curious, you know, letting go is something I've thought about a lot for 20 years, you know, and there's so many different entry points to it. I'm really curious how you would, in general terms, define letting go. To me, letting go is about detaching yourself from anything that's weighing you down or holding you back or trying to convince you that you should be a certain way to belong somewhere. And ultimately, belonging is never about conditions. It's never, it shouldn't be about conditions. Belonging should be, you are who you are and you are seen and heard and respected and valued and celebrated for who you are. And you don't need to change parts of yourself or hide parts of yourself for someone or something to say you belong here. So the letting go is really about you not just holding yourself together, but lifting yourself up, being there for yourself and realizing that anything in life and anyone in life that takes you away from yourself needs to be let go of and left behind and mm -hmm. stay at a certain place, definitely not in your life. So that to me, in simplest terms, letting, letting go is holding on to your authentic self. 
Beautiful. So thinking about that in practical terms, because, you know, letting go is one of those words that like, it's very juicy on the page and it's said a lot in kind of the, the worlds that you and I live in. And I wonder sometimes someone who is fresh to that term, they may think of like, I want to, you know, let go. It sounds good. It sounds like releasing this negative emotion that mm -hmm. I'm feeling or releasing this self-limiting thought. But then they're like, okay, and one, two, three, let go. And they're sort of like, uh, <laughs> I can't just flip a switch and do it. So like, I'd love to just how walk through an example of how you would describe someone do that. And if there's, I'm happy to give a potential situation, or if you want to, uh, choose one to just sort of look at a real life situation where someone would identify something they want to let go of and what steps they would actually take to do that. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what I actually do in the audiobook because people ask such specific questions. So let's say you are struggling with letting go of someone cheating on you. You're just ruminating. How could they have done this? And how could I move on from this? And I'm just feeling betrayed. And really what you're going through is very valid. Like the advice you might hear out there will tell you, well, just make a decision. Do you want to stay with this person or not? But what, they're overlooking is the pain of the betrayal itself. It most definitely left you with some kind of betrayal trauma, especially if you, that's not something that you expected from the person that you loved so much. And so my approach on letting go is to go back to the moments when you discovered that this person cheated on you, because what most of us do is because of how heavy that pain is and how overwhelming it is, we just kind of shut down and we don't feel everything that we, I, I don't want to say should have felt, but everything that we had the right to feel in that moment, we just, we kind of want to push it away and, and just some of us go numb and don't deal with it. Some people don't even confront their partner about finding out about cheating because they just don't know how to, deal with it. They don't know how to deal with the loss of somebody that they thought loved them so much and they thought they had this whole life together. And so my approach on letting go would be, again, going back to mom the moments when you discovered that and feel what you feel in your body because your body registers things that sometimes your mind doesn't. And, you know, for anyone listening, I don't want you to think that you need to go back and force yourself to go through that from the moment it started till the moment it ended. I say, go back even to the few moments before you discovered or maybe leading up to what were you feeling? Where was the tension in your body? Did it bring up any memories of past times in your life when you were betrayed, not necessarily by a romantic partner, but anyone, maybe your parents, maybe your friends? Where was that? in your body? Did it feel like tension? Did it feel like stress? Did it feel like, did you shut down? Did you, for me, one of the most common ways that my body reacts to things is to fall into the fetal position where I feel like mm. I'm just trying to protect myself. My hands go into fists. They go around me. My, my knees are up to my chest and I'm just holding myself and, and I get stuck there. So, one thing I had learned in therapy um, over the last couple of years is that sometimes re trauma responses are trapped in our body. Like 
we get stuck at a certain point after an event happens in our lives and we don't allow the full release of the emotion that visited us in the moment. And so it stays strapped in our body. We get stuck. So what you need to do is allow that cycle to complete itself and allow that response to be released. So for example, if you felt like you were falling into the fetal position, you just say there, you're, you're trying to protect yourself validate for yourself and for younger you or whenever it was that you went through that experience of course you want to protect yourself you're feeling like you're in a very dangerous situation right now not maybe not just physically but it could be that you feel like you're in a in an emotionally dangerous situation where this thing that just happened told you for example that you aren't worthy of someone being faithful to you you're not worthy of someone staying in your life. You're not worthy of somebody treating you properly and respecting you. Maybe it told you that there is something wrong with you that made you deserve this, hap this happening to you. Whatever those messages that came to you that kept you stuck in trying to protect yourself from that, sit with your body and validate for it what it's going through and thank it for trying to protect you and ask what needs to happen next what do you want me to do next when I've done this it's like my arms want to go out and in some way they want to fight like not fight a person but instead of being closed in there's an expansion that happens where I feel like this is what my body needs right now and the most magical thing always happens when I, when I do this kind of work and when I do it with any person is that you'll find that you'll start yawning or crying or you will feel like there's a period where your body feels like it's really hot and then it goes really cold. And what that does or what that indicates is that your nervous system finally relaxed and that means that you are releasing that response from your body. So when you do that, you are letting go. Because you just said, when you say, you're like, letting go, you want to release something. That is what you're doing. You're releasing something that's holding you captive, that's holding your healing captive, that's holding your progress in life captive and your authentic life captive. You're letting it go by genuinely giving it a release from your body because that is where it's stored. You think it's just in your head. It's not. Your entire body, and, and this, this was life-changing for me, and I find every time I talk about it, it you know, I, I see people's faces changing, is your body has been with you since the moment you were born. It's always been there. It remembers things that you don't remember. It registers things in a way that most times you're not conscious of unless you go in and you're aware. Once I started tapping into my body and saying like, what, what is it that I'm really feeling right now? Where's the tension? Is it in my neck? Is it in my hands? Is it in my legs? Where is it? Is it in my stomach? Is it in my chest? Now I don't have to ask myself as many times or as quickly because I'm immediately aware. I'm feeling this compression in my chest and it's something as simple as maybe tapping wherever it is that you feel the tension 
it's like your body will give you the next thing that you need to do. And um, I would say one of the things that is my go-to for anyone listening, if you are looking for, like if you find yourself thinking back to a moment of infidelity or a moment where somebody promised you something and then, and then they lied to you about it, or you're trying to let go of someone's opinion of you and you feel, you really feel stuck. Like you just can't get it out of your head. It, your body's probably falling into freeze in some way where it, it, you just, you're, you're surviving. You don't want to deal with it. Your body doesn't want to deal with it. And so it shuts down. And so that's why you feel like you don't want to do anything, but it's constantly on your mind. So one of my go-to things, because it's so simple, and my therapist, Brenda, she's incredible. She taught me this. I just close my hands into fists slowly, and I open them slowly. And what that does for me is it's giving my body an indication that I am with it. Like, I am with myself. I am trying to move it in some way so that it could tell me what the next thing to do is. And something as simple as that, for some people, it's doing breath work, like taking in deep breaths and exhaling. For me, this works better, but whatever works for another person, they should try. You will then get the motivation or the push. You'll, you'll know, okay, now it's time for me to get up, take a shower, or get up and go for a walk, or get up and do that one thing I've been wanting to do. All of that is letting go, relieving yourself, releasing, like I said, everything that's holding you captive. But without, like, notice how there wasn't one time when I said, it's releasing what you shouldn't be going through. Because a big part of healing and letting go is accepting things as they are accepting yourself as you are and saying thank you for protecting me in this moment thank you for making me angry in this moment because something really bad happened and it deserved my anger thank you for not letting me feel that big immense pain in that moment because you knew I couldn't handle it so there's a big element of removing the judgment and the shame and saying, I'm sitting with myself exactly with where I am. And so when you do that, then you are telling your body, I trust you in healing me more than I trust anyone or anything else. And how beautiful is that? To trust your body in healing you. That's letting go. Mm -hmm. I love it. That's beautiful. And everything that you described that so on board with and of experience as well, like so many thoughts around that. Um, also, that's why like, I found that even just stretching, like making sure that you stretch every day is super important just for yes. from the things of what you mentioned, as far as kind of the emotional calcification that happens in our bodies, you know, just working that out on a daily basis. Um, so to wrap up the final thing, what was a thought that hit you on your letting go journey that was a real turning point for you something that just like a key that turned to lock that really helped you understand it in a new way and led to a lot of growth the thing that comes to me right now is um 
understanding that it's not only my mind that makes decisions, it's also my body that makes decisions. Like my body actually has a choice because I always judged myself for not being able to do what I knew was right. I would judge myself. I would think that my inability, and for those who are just listening, like in air quotes, obviously, my inability to do what I knew was right, I always thought that meant that I was weak or that something was wrong with me or I didn't have enough willpower. And once I understood that it's not only my mind that makes decisions, but also my body, I was like, oh, that makes sense. It makes sense why I can logically say I need to do this. But then when the time comes, my body locks and I feel like I can't do it. And I fall back into old patterns. Well, it's because I've spent my entire life just listening to my mind and giving it all the power. And I forgot that there is a whole body right here that's making decisions as well, thinking that it's protecting me. So for example, taking it to practical terms, if you know that you need to leave a toxic relationship. You know, you see logically this person isn't right for me. I need to leave. But there's something that's holding you there and you keep going back and it's just there's something that's not working, not clicking. You might be convinced that something's wrong with you or that you're weak or that you're insecure or that you don't know your value or that you don't have self-esteem. None of that is the reason that you're not able to let go. The reason is you you don't have the right resources to empower you to make you feel like you can actually get through leaving this relationship because your body is keeping you in this because your body is trying to protect you from the pain that it knows you will feel when you feel that abandonment or you feel like that person just doesn't care about you anymore. And in the past, because you've responded in ways where when you sense that somebody was letting go, you fell into people pleasing and trying to figure out what it was that they were going through. Maybe you can change something about your behavior. You've overexerted yourself. So you've taught your body that the safest thing that you can do in a situation like this is to try to change the situation instead of leaving it. So your body thinks, well, you know, I need to know that I can trust you in leaving this and not coming back. And so your body's playing a protective role. And at the same time, it's playing a role where it's keeping you safe. So again, transformational for me to sit down with my body and say, thank you. Truly, the part of me that's trying to protect me, thank you for trying to protect me because you're right, I am terrified of abandonment. I am terrified of feeling like I'm not important to someone who I really, really, really love and care for. Thank you for doing what you thought was safe for me. But I, I, I want you to trust in my ability to move forward with this. I will figure it out just like I figured so many other things out in my life. So you see, when you make that mind-body connection, instead of keeping them separate and saying, no, my mind needs to make all the decisions, whatever it is that's right for me, 
when you bring your body in on the change, you're building trust within yourself. And yeah, for me, that was life changing to, to not judge myself for not being able to do what I knew was right. And to go from the knowing to the doing, I had to make that mind body connection and honor my body with wherever it was, instead of trying to push it in a direction, you know, shaming the parts of it that are trying to protect me and, and saying, I I don't want you because what you're doing is you are rejecting parts of yourself when you do that. So to come into harmony with yourself That's how you build trust, because even when you're struggling to let go, instead of being like, what's wrong with you? You sit with yourself and you say, I get it. It's hard. What are you talking about? You spent 30 years of your life or 40 years of your life or 20 years of your life holding on to people like this or things like this or thoughts like this or caring about people's opinions or you spent 20 years of your life listening to this one inner monologue about yourself that breaks you down and and discourages you from everything. It is hard to change that. You're not going to change it in one moment. That's difficult. And just giving yourself that validation makes you feel like you are holding your own hand as you're going on this journey. And that, like, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it because it's just, it's really powerful to be with yourself as you're healing instead of, you know, separating from yourself and looking down upon yourself and saying, why aren't you there yet? Why aren't you stronger yet? Why aren't you out of this yet? Why haven't you changed yet? Just hold your own hand as you're healing. Wonderful, wonderful. And also, I think I heard a book title in there is Bring Your Body Into the Change. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Send your body an invitation because it truly is life changing to listen to your body. Like that neck pain that you have isn't just because you're sitting funny. That chest pain that you have isn't just because... Maybe you're sitting around people who smoke or because of the environment, the, the, the pain you feel in your arms is not just because you use your arms a lot for work. The pains that are in your body and the sensations that go through it are messenger, messengers trying to tell you, tend to me. There's something going on here. Listen to me. Just, you know, give me a hug or, or really try to feel what I'm feeling right now. And there's, I'm telling you, there's, it it will change your life to whoever's listening to just take a few moments and observe your body the same way you would, let's say you're sitting with a little, maybe your niece or your nephew or, or just, just your younger self, just noticing how the mannerisms, how, that child looks and how they're moving their hands. Like just observe yourself the way that you would tend to someone that you are taking care of. And you will notice, like I used to wake up like this every single morning, my hands would be in fists. And for the longest time I thought, you know, I'm just used to sleeping this way. I don't wake up that way anymore unless like I'm really stressed out and I haven't really tuned into my body. This is a protective thing Mm -hmm. to be in survival mode and which I lived in most of my life. 
That's why my hands were doing that. There are messages that your body is sending you that you need to listen to and just, just listen to them. It, like I said, it could be as simple as just close your eyes and see where the sensations are and you'll know what to do next. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Um, well, Nejwa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and spending some thank time you today. Thank me. Absolutely. It's been great speaking with you and conversations on letting go. I know everyone's going to go check it out and uh, it's going to help a lot of people. So thank you for that as well. Thank you.